Hi Rachel, what are you doing? I'm just finishing episode 30 of my Lessons for Loss podcast. Episode 30? Wow, you've reached your age. <laughs> I have. Yes, we have, haven't we? And who are we talking to this week? This week I was chatting with Marie de Bontbouf. Oh, I know Marie. She makes those fantastic cakes and cheesecakes, doesn't she? She does. Does the porcupine feature this week? No, but cakes do. Well, that's good. And what's Marie's story? Well, it's about losing her brother, and as a result of that, she kind of fell into running and exercising. Well, that's very sad, but it's to our benefit, because we've met the lovely, lovely Marie lots of times now, haven't we? We have, yes. Let's listen to her story, shall we? Hello and welcome to the Lessons from Loss podcast in which we share our experiences of loss and more importantly what we learn that now positively guides our lives today. I'm your host Rachel Smith and each episode I chat with a different guest. Before we begin I'd like to acknowledge the courage and vulnerability of my guests in sharing their stories and the impact that hearing these has on you the listener. Please take care as you listen and reach out for support if you need to. So today, I'm really happy to be chatting to the lovely Marie de Bont-Booth. She's experienced multiple losses in her life, some of which prompted her to turn her life and health around, as we'll find out more. So welcome along, Marie. Hello, Rachel. Hello. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So we know each other from the running scene, from marathon running. So how many have you done? What number are you up to now? I'm on number 130 now. Wow, amazing. That's a that's an outstanding achievement, especially given that, you know, that's been over quite a short period of time, really, hasn't it? Really, yeah. Yeah, because when I met you guys, I was on, on number three. Yeah, to... so that... <laughs> wow, and that was probably only about four or five years ago, I think. 2019, January oh, 3rd, 2019. Oh, wow. So three years ago. And in that time, we've had <laughs> lockdowns and pandemics yeah, and everything else. Well, yeah, well, that's that's an amazing achievement. So well done. And I have to ask as well, because you are the queen of yummy cakes. How many yummy cakes and cheesecakes have you baked for runners in that time, too? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think I've lost count. There's been so many. There's been well, I think last year the most people was a record last year because there was 62, 60 races done last year. So I imagine. Wow. I think in our time. Oh, and Lisa's ones as well. So um, maybe about maybe about coming up for a hundred on on the cakes yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. bless you! You're always so generous with your baking, and they taste delicious too. <laughs> Keep the runners happy, that's what we say. Yeah, absolutely. So, as much as we'd like to uh, talk about cake and, <laughs> and running, um, obviously we need to sort of turn to, um, you know, talking about the losses that you've experienced and, and what you've learned from them. So yeah. one of the most impactful losses that you've experienced was that of your brother about 10 years ago or so. So maybe that's a good place to start. So can you tell us sort of what was going on for you and, and what was happening at that time? Yeah, it was a completely normal day um, in the morning. 
got a phone call from my sister-in-law um, that my brother died totally unexpectedly on Valentine's Day. Um, he fell asleep after a lovely day out with the family and asleep with his children on his lap, in fact, and he died in his sleep. Um, he was 48 years old. Um, it rocked all our lives, all up, the whole family. Yes. Gosh, it was suddenness. And, and had, he, had he, so he hadn't been had, ill um, or flu many, many years ago. So he had a weakened heart. And mm -hmm. um, we did a weakened heart. Um, he had the flu virus attacked his heart. Um, we were So we were lucky to have him for all those extra years because he was. Um, he was only in his early 30s when he caught the flu and, it, and the flu virus attacked his heart. Um, oh, gosh. And so he'd been living a healthy life. He's done the done the bike ride London to Brighton bike ride several times. He was a healthy guy. He looked after himself. He looked after his health. There was no concerns. He'd only recently had a checkup on his heart. So there was no concerns anywhere. Mm. So it was a real complete bolt out of the blue. And because it was really the first death in the family for a long, long time. Yeah. So it shook. I mean, when my dad died, it, it didn't, it, it was sad, but he was old because I'm the youngest of nine. So the age gap is a big age gap. So, yeah. um, so it shook us. It was, it was upsetting, but this was just, it rocked everybody's world. Everybody mm. was just numb completely numb and that's for weeks and weeks and weeks it didn't sink in that he died and you just had to you it just wouldn't sink in I think I must have asked my sister-in-law to repeat herself about 15 times to tell me what she'd said it just wouldn't I couldn't compute it it was just no it's not yeah it's not true. I, I suppose it's out of the natural order of things isn't it like yeah. as you said with your dad you know whilst Yes, of course, it was sad and everything. It, you know, but he was older and he'd had all... for many, many years. So, yeah, you, you ex it was sort of expected. Yeah, yeah. And this was just so unexpected. It's it hit my I mean, his, his little boy was only seven, his youngest yeah. was seven at the time. And it just, you couldn't, it, none of us could. And there's still members who still can't believe it now family that they just cannot accept it and I mean his poor wife she's she still hasn't moved on she still hasn't grieved properly fully and that's over 10 years ago now mm. and you just all of us are just very every time you speak about it it's very just it's, it's a bit surreal it doesn't feel like it should have happened and it yeah it happen? which is it me personally my life just stopped. There was no enjoyment. There was no happiness. There was no anything for months and months and months. And you just felt numb, completely numb. And it was just a never-ending circle of feeling numb. And you just survived each day. I think that's, you went, you got up, you I sorted the children out. I went to work, but there was just no of the spark of Marie back there was just yeah. no I lost me then as well it was almost like a bit of a, each of it or of us died at the same time as he passed mm. it took a bit of us away with him and we're all like very 
because we were a very close family. It was like, I know this sounds, but because it was such a large family, it was it's very extended. So you've got brothers, sisters, nephews and nieces and cousins. So it was a huge, big family of, yeah. what, I think it's about, last count, it was about 70 of us of like just brothers and sisters, nephews and nieces and cousins. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> as you can imagine, it was just, whoa. And you've got all these people just trying to make sense of it. Um, some people just never really got over it. My mother, she never got over her child dying before she did. Um, and still, she was like, even on her deathbed, she was still asking for my brother. And it was like, you know, you see him soon, love. <laughs> you can, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot you can say to somebody no. in that position. It's just, it was very hard. It was exhaustingly hard, which I didn't expect. I, I've, I've always been quite a strong character and strong person. And it just totally wiped me out to the, well, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't, want, I didn't even want to go out drinking, to have a drink. I didn't want to go and eat. I didn't want to go and do any normal things that you would do on a monthly basis. I didn't want to do. I didn't want to be friends with people. I didn't want to socialise. I just wanted my own space and shut away from the world. Yeah, so how long did that go on for? Um, quite... It was only about four months, I would say, about four months of just locking, like completely isolating myself from people. And then I was, a friend dragged me out one evening to this exercise class in the rain. And I was like, okay, this isn't my bit of Marie. This is not what Marie likes in life. And I ended up staying for eight years. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, yeah. Apparently, Marie likes mud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was so, yeah, I was, and I didn't I didn't like exercising at that point. I hated exercising. I was overweight. I was a smoker. I was a good thirty a day smoker. So exercise was really hard for me. Mm. And, what uh, sort of exercise was it? It was army run boot camp. It was actually run by army PTs. Oh. So when they, it was really tough. It yeah. was like it was like from going from a, somebody who's never exercised to I couldn't do one push up. I couldn't do one sit up. I could do nothing. And I ended up going from not being able to do that, not being able to run. I couldn't run 100 meters without having an asthma attack. I was. They, I used to scare everyone to death because I would sound like the Darth Vader coming up behind them, or dying behind them as they would fall. Because I was just, I was useless, absolutely a hundred percent useless. And instead of giving up, I decided it was doing me good being outdoors. It was doing my mind good. It, it gave me something to focus on, and yeah, it led to a lot of different trials and events in my life which was like quite um I would never have done I would I mean I've done a lot of um OCR running so obstacle course races like covered up to your head in mud crawling through mud 
pits and God knows what, climbing ropes. Marie. <laughs> and I didn't start all of this until I was, what, 44? So it was, yeah, a complete life changer. And, then, and turned your health around in that time as well. Yeah, completely changed my my health, um, changed my view on on life. Life was it taught me again. Life was for living and not for mm. mourning and just sitting back having memories and just not being, you know, life is for living, and that's what I I lost in those months of time was just, I forgot that life was about enjoyment and it's not me you're not meant to sit there crying and you're not meant to sit there feeling lost and you're not meant to sit there feeling what do I do now what's going to happen next it was about um seeing people talking to people and it helped me get get through the stages of what I now know is grief where you'd have the anger and you'd get the why like you know yeah. and it helped me to learn to there are ways of getting yourself fixed without um knowing that you're actually fixing yourself which mm. until afterwards it wasn't until a good few until I, I think it was after I'd done my second marathon I realized what running and exercise was doing for me it was like it was doing more than just completing a marathon it was it was more than that it was it was good for my soul as I always say it's good for my soul even if it's pouring down with rain if it's a storm it doesn't matter you'll dry off <laughs> you like you'll come back and you'll it might be a bit soggy and wet at the time but you you feel calm I think is the best way of describing it. You yeah. you have a sense of calmness of, that it brings you, that even if the world, everything around you is falling apart, it lets you breathe without any pressure. And that's what I found exercising and running brought to me in that time. I mean, there's still times now that I've you, you get the odd thing, you think, oh, I wish I could tell yeah about this and that and like oh he would know what to do with that situation but it's less it's now you I think of the, the good times we had the giggles and his silly side and you, you, it makes you smile rather than being sad which yeah. you know and it's like you know he was a good man and that is you, you feel I feel proud tonight that that was my brother. He was a good, good man. And, you know, it's it took a long time to get to that stage. I think it took me about five years from, from when I started exercising to actually go put it all in place. Yeah. I didn't realise everything was coming into places. Didn't realize you know didn't realize about this grieving process that goes on that you don't realize that you're doing even if you you don't have help if you don't have people to reach out to and you don't go to anyone professionally the exercise side brought that without me even knowing which was a bit yeah and yeah that back and thought about it. it was like wow you know that's 
that's quite crazy that you healed all those things without realizing that you're healing them and that was like okay and which is a really nice way of doing it isn't it yeah it's it's not until you look back and you think oh I was really broken <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how broken I was before until I'd like come to terms with everything I was like oh wow you were a really broken person mm. and inside you you're you, on the outside you're doing everything that you should be doing um so you're living life you're going to work you're looking after children you're keeping the house clean you're doing all those things but inside there was nothing absolutely nothing and it took I'd say a good couple of years for that to that oh I, you know I'm 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 more than what I'm doing on the outs for the outside world yeah. the inside of me is important as well which I think at the time of my brother's death because obviously my sister-in-law and the three children needed support you put your own feelings you, you buried them because there's somebody who needs more support than what you do. Yeah. And obviously mm -hmm. the children, I mean, it was horrific for them because they witnessed their dad dying. Mm. And, you know, that's quite horrific. I mean, the youngest still has all this time on. He's still not in a good place. And we keep trying to encourage him. But he just doesn't. He doesn't want to go further yet. He will do. I know in time. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's a lot for the mind to accept that you've got to move for move forward. Which, which is another thing I didn't realize you have to do in the grieving process. I didn't realize that it's you. You feel guilty about being yes. happy you feel guilty about laughing and smiling and being happy. It's almost a guilt. You're like, oh, my God, I've lost someone so important in my life. And there's me laughing and joking. You're like, what's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> and inside this guilt would keep popping up from nowhere. And you just, you didn't, you'd go, oh, my goodness, and just start going back on yourself again yeah took, so you'd start retreating back in yeah so it, it would take a long it took a very long time to re understand what was happening because we didn't reach out to anybody we didn't seek any help from anybody because unfortunately within that was in the february my brother died and my then in the november we got the news and my sister had her her cancer come back terminal. Oh gosh! So by the 10th of December, we'd lost my sister as well. In the same year, yeah. So my mum had lost two children in one year. So, and that took a big knock on her health. So mm. then you're looking after your mum, and you like you're not looking after yourself. But I'm um, luckily at that time I had. I started, I had been with the boot camp then for a little while and I realised that every time I went, I was deloading myself yeah. through doing exercise. And it was like, oh, okay, this is good for me to be able to shift from 
what I'm feeling inside, which I can't, I ne- I couldn't speak to people about what I was feeling. It never would come out of my mouth. It would be like, oh, I'm okay. I'm, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I think that's, that's I- a, a fairly common sort of self-protection mechanism though isn't it because you think if I start talking the floodgates are gonna open Mm. and even to this day I I I notice I still do it if if everything gets a little bit too much I go it's okay I'm okay I'm fine to everybody and inside I'm going oh my god if someone just said to me what's really wrong I'd be like all over the place and I'd be crying and crying and crying Mm. and that's when I go sign up for another marathon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a long run to get this out of my system. <laughs> so I Did... use these 130 marathons <laughs> to get a lot of rubbish out of my system. <laughs> Do you think the exercise helped in, because I guess being such a, a close-knit but large family, you were kind of all in it together looking after each other and supporting each other or being supported by others within the family so it so you know nobody in a way it was kind of like well you know the support network is there but perhaps in some it it wasn't maybe that healthy because you were because you were all in it together. Together, yeah. yeah. Whereas exactly going, that. everybody was going through exactly the same thing at the same time. Yeah. And it was like, okay, okay, this person's struggling, so let's like support this person. And it was just one person after another, which then became draining because it seemed to be always the same people that were called upon to yeah. resolve, help people resolve issues. And then you, you're, you're drained because, you, and then you're like, oh, I can't put on somebody else because it's too much for people. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, like, you keep it inside yourself and it just bubbles and bubbles and bubbles and, and you mm. push the feelings down. And so I, I always use it as I have a little box. And if I can't deal with it right now, I'll pop it in this little box in my head and I put the lid on it until it's a safe time for me to take the lid off and let it out and that took a lot longer to realize I was doing that I'd never realized it I was just like okay I'll deal with that later that emotion I'll deal I'll push that to the back I'll deal with it later and that took a long long time to realize that that's what people do and it's like it's scary because people don't realize that they're boxing up all these emotions until something else happens that's quite drastic and it's like you've got double or triple the amount of stuff coming out and it's not related to the actual issue that's happening at that moment in time it's past issues that you've closed off and you've not spoken about and you've not dealt with and it comes back in a big full circle of like oh my god and it's just really hideous um and that's overbearing and that's overwhelming and that's when you go oh it's too dangerous pop that lid back on yeah because it's too much to handle Mm. and and I guess then that's also then because you then put the lid back on it you've not let the pressure out so the pressure's building 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 so it it's then 
just the tiny little things that you could have dealt with before but because you've got this box which is like bursting at the seams it just takes one little knock and the whole thing then explains and it's 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 normally what i would say the most ridiculous stupidest thing that's like not related or not anything to do with it and it could be the having a flat tire at the most inconvenient moment or it could be someone's uh, just been a bit off with you or yeah. they've just been they've said the wrong thing to you at the wrong time and it sets off this little explosion and it's like a hundred billion things all come pouring out all at the same time and then it's then you, you get some of it released and you go oh no pop that lid back on it's safer mm. and you, you still don't deal with it and it's still this little box in your head that's just like all these pressures and emotions and unresolved issues and that's why I'm like when I run now it's like I quite often have a little chat with myself just like okay that happened that happened and that and I debunk it while I'm running yeah so it it comes out but it's in a a controlled safe place for Mm. me and that's Everything I, I feel I have to be a little bit controlled over. I don't know why, but I have to control these emotions because if I don't control them, then they come out in a big, disgusting snot face episode, <laughs> which isn't pretty. <laughs> we know one likes that. But, but if you can find, you know, if running gives you that opportunity to say, okay, right, right now, this is now safe for me just to release the valve a little bit and I'll just I'll deal with the bits that I can deal with now yeah that are you know that are are appropriate at this moment and then that just that just releases that amount of or eases the pressure yeah so that you can then sort of carry on so is it is it just when you're running that you find that that's the the sort of the opportunity to do that or have you been able to find other ways to to be able um, to sort of release. Open, release the pressure a little bit um, in that box let some of it out and deal with it yeah it is just running that mm. it is exercising or running that's my little safe place yeah um and that's my oh that's like it's okay that's I can take the pressure down a little tag on this and let let that out and be safe in myself that I know that I can control it for that period of time and say okay you can have five hours of just thinking about this rubbish that's going flopping around in your head and it can just flop around for as long as it likes and it's okay it's it's fine for it to do that and release some of the pressures that I I think you put on a lot yourself you put a lot of pressure we put yeah. a lot of pressure on ourselves of coping with stuff and I think like with our family there's been so many deaths within a short amount of time and unexpected deaths that it's like oh wow okay okay, we've got to deal with that. Okay, we've got to deal with that. And it's, you just have to just, okay, that's going to be dealt with this time and 
this is like you've got to let that go. So I've learned now as soon as I, as soon as this is a little bit of drama, if I go for a long run straight away because it allows me rather than bottling it up, bottling it up, mm. and bottling it up, I debunk it there and then. And that I find is my now okay. So that's not got to go in the box. It's because it's it's gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not putting into the box a bit more. It's done. It's it's sorted. It's there, and it, that could be in the pouring rain. It doesn't matter. Sometimes the pouring rain is like sets the scene, doesn't soul, it? Like <laughs> washes the soul. It's like it takes away what's not needed anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that. So, do you do you mainly run? So, well, not do you mainly run on your own, but do you find the is it just the exercise, like the the physicality of the exercise that helps you, or is it being around people who aren't your family, who are you know happy to sort of trot alongside you, or I don't know, be doing push ups alongside you, or I think it's a mixture. I think sometimes um, if it's a lot to deal with, then I I need uh, I will just. Try Trudge along on my own and just sometimes it's just I need to and just I don't want to talk I don't I don't physically want to talk to people other times it's really nice to have a little bit of company and talk about life in general but maybe not talk about what the problem is Mm. but talk about anything kick a stone you know like whatever is the conversation I mean there's certain people that have very good way of killing a lot of miles without you having to say a word so you they can kill 20 good old miles without you saying an actual word and they just tell their stories and you just go okay I needed that I needed just to have your voice going through my mind rather than rattling of my own thoughts and everything else and yeah so it's I think it's a real mixture and I think what's lovely about our running community is there's always somebody that will if you need someone to run with you there's always somebody that will if you're having a bit of a bleh, they will run with you it doesn't matter how slow you are how fast you are there's always somebody that will hi what's up you know and just even if it's for like five six miles it's yeah. just that's what I love about our running community it's like very there's no judgment. There's no, there's mm. no, I would say 95% of the people are very humble because there's some amazing athletes with us. And there's yeah. like, um, I go, wow, you're so, so good. But you want to spend a mile with me? Happy days, you know, because I'm not the best of the best. I'm not the worst of the worst, but I'm, you know. <laughs> but you've done 130 marathons, so you, <laughs> you're obviously doing something right. <laughs> I just got in with Rongans. <laughs> I think what's quite nice about our community as well is that nobody really takes offence if you just say, actually, do you know, today I need to run on my own. Yeah, I, I think that's, we all, it's no, there's no, it's, if you want some company, it's there. But if you don't, they go, okay, see you in a bit. And like, there's no offence taken. Mm. There's no there's no one will we're just so lucky that 
we've got so many nice people that are just so humble in because I mean my my 130 is nothing compared to a lot of people's achievements and they're just they they cheer you on without being a bit you go I go some places and it's a bit um oh I've done this and I've done that and I've done our group isn't like that it's like oh what did you get up to at the weekend what did you oh yeah what did you run there did you oh was it good like you know and there's more conversations about life mm. that happens and people are really good when they, there are issues and they just I remember when I was made redundant and several runners like it messaged me and saying if you need anything I'm here for you I I didn't I didn't expect that I never these some of these people didn't know me that yeah. well even you know and I was like wow you know that's really touching because you know they didn't know who Marie really like outside of run, running the marathon was, but they, they took the time out and said, if you need anything. And that's so, so the running community just goes a bit beyond yeah. a race, which is so nice. But I think also why you fit in so well, because that is also very much your nature, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm to, I'm, uh, to give I'm, and to help and to support I'm, and <laughs> I'm, I'm hence the hundreds of cakes. <laughs> I got told off at work because I'm too mumsy because I look out for people and I can if I see someone yeah. struggling or having a bit of an issue, I just take five minutes to just say, "Do you want to go for a walk? Do you like? Do you want to just get a bit of fresh air? You know." But that's that's why I enjoy it where with our community because we there's so many people that will take the time because we're not all perfect I mean I mean I've had the most hideous year. Of us are, are we <laughs> but I've had a hideous year I've not been well you know my fitness level has been like compromised rather drastically through health yeah and I've still managed to run 20 marathons and I'm like okay most people aim to run one marathon a year it's not the 60 that I've done last year but it's more than I thought I was going to do in February you know yeah, so yeah and I suppose it's being able to scale down that actually okay so I can't do 60 this year yeah but actually well maybe today I can get out and I can do 10k and that's enough because that that gives me that exercise. It cleanses my that soul middle. that running yeah. does yeah. so that I can keep my, you know, my mental and emotional health. Yeah, in, exactly. You know, yeah. maintained at yeah. least. Yeah, I've just started Pilates the last few months and that's different. <laughs> yeah, how do you find that? Because that's very sort of that's slow a, yeah, and that's... sort of purposeful, isn't it? But I did struggle running the first few weeks, I must admit, because I'm like, I'm still at this position here. <laughs> like, I need to be like, shouldn't I be up there doing that bit now? Um, and it's realising that sometimes it is good to let your mind slow down. Mm. 
which is again has been a bit of a game changer it's a bit thrown a little curveball into my like oh okay <laughs> this is different this is like this is a side of Marie that I haven't explored that it's okay to let the mind be quiet and not really think about anything and yeah. not have emotions about anything at all it's just quiet and just very hmm <laughs> like that was a bit I was yeah I was a bit oh okay and have you noticed positive changes from that I feel a lot calmer I must admit I feel um situation because work's been a bit hectic the last few mm. weeks and I've I've not done my normal oh my god how am I going to pull my hair out and be stressed out as normal so I have actually coped better with could be my zoning, allowing myself to zone out. And I, when there's dramas happening, I, I step away and I just go, okay, not my drama. I don't need to be involved. And yeah. learning that's another big thing because I've always been, there's a problem, I'll see what I can do to help. Mm. And it's that it's now I allowing myself to step back and go, okay, I don't need to be involved in everyone's drama. I don't need to be helping every single person around me. If I need, if someone needs my help, then I'm there, but I don't have to get involved in everyone's drama. Yeah. Which I would be always, okay, what can I do to help you? With like, what do you need me to do to help you would be my line to everybody. And now I'm just like, unless they ask me, can you help me, Marie? I'm I'm stepping down a bit, which is a bit of a change. Yeah, and that and that must have so freed up odd. freed up a lot of um, emotional, emotional space and energy. I would imagine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit strange. Oh, all from just starting Pilates. Pilates. Who knew? <laughs> Who'd have thought a foam mat and a rubber ball could do so much? <laughs> yes, it's very, and a bit of, I don't know what, meditating music they have playing yeah. in the background all the time. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. So, yeah, I'm, I'm also going to look about doing, you'll be the expert on this one, fresh open water swimming. Yay. So, yeah, so that's going to be mm. next year's little, okay, I want to try different things next year. Yeah. I'm going to try different things and see how I feel. Sure, um, so many of the people that I swim with, well, I say so many, I'm not actually sure I can think of anybody to whom this doesn't apply. But we all say that we didn't necessarily start it for our mental health, but having done, done it... it we all recognise that there's just something about being in a cold body of water, whether it's in a sea or in a river or a lake or wherever, that's just, I don't know, it, it just does something to to calming. your to your so, mental health. Yeah, it's calming. It's, you know, you have to think for a lot of people, it's because it's so cold, all you can think of is your own kind of survival, survival but in a yeah. calm way so you 
you kind of it puts stuff into perspective it's just like oh what was I worrying about about that for yeah I can I could see that and yeah so that's next year's little jaunt who's going to be trying some excellent I'll hopefully come on some outings with you (laughs) this is it I'm like okay I don't know anything about this I have I don't even know where to start but it's like I had a little thing the other day I was like I want to try that so brilliant right well well, that will be a conversation for another day then we'll uh, we'll we'll get you in that water at some point maybe maybe not starting a winter (laughs) maybe let's be okay on a hot flush day (laughs) (laughs) so overall then sort of given obviously the, the the loss of your brother and then your sister but then you know all the other you know I know that there's been other losses as well that have that have happened and and it's not always you know just about the loss of a you know bereavement in terms of death is it you know it's loss of redundancy and you know all sorts of all sorts of different losses but but from all of them what would you say has been your biggest lesson that you've that you've learned from it my biggest lesson I would say is it's okay to not to be okay and it took me a long time to mm. understand that it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to be vulnerable, which I've always been very, okay, it's fine. We'll get it sorted. It's all good. And there's sometimes you can't sort things and you can't change things. And you just have to say, okay, that is what it is. And accept that that situation is that situation. It's not going to be that situation for the rest of your life and knowing that situations change daily so you could be in a really low place one day and on a really different high place the next day and each one is perfectly okay and you don't have to be feel guilty about being happy or sad it doesn't matter it's just emotions and emotions are there to prove we're alive and we're here to be alive and we're not here just to be sat in a little corner thinking our world is at an end and be positive there's always a positive in every single situation no matter how bad a situation and I have lived some pretty horrendous situations there's always a positive if it's someone's done a kindness for you that's you know they didn't have to do a kindness but that person went out their way to do a kindness so that's a positive in that situation you might not see it straight away but when you look back you realize that's important that you've got to take positive out of every situation and sometimes I guess the positive might be that actually this will pass this is rubbish now but you know, in a in a day's time, in an yeah. hour's time, yeah. in a year's time, things will be different. Nothing nothing ever stays the same. You know, and I say to people, if you think you can't cope, it's okay. So think you can't cope, but you've only got to. So if you think you can only cope for sixty seconds, cope for sixty seconds. That's all you've got to cope for, and concentrate on getting through those sixty seconds. Then you've proved to yourself. You survived that 60 seconds. You can do it again because you've done it once. You can do it twice. 
And those 60 seconds will add up to an hour eventually. Yeah. And then it would be two hours, maybe 24 hours. And then it'd be a day, a week, a month. You've just got to take each moment as it is rather than seeing it as a doom and gloom for the ever and eternity. Sad things happen in life. A lot of sad things happen in life. But you've got to try and find the positive in every situation, how sad and awful that situation is. And that would be my advice to people is find the positive. You might have to look a bit harder sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but find the positive. Yeah. Oh, that's... That's lovely. I I love that advice about, you know, if you think you can't cope, just cope for the next 60 seconds or even 10 seconds or even five seconds. seconds. Whatever it's it like, is. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah I, I survived I've that. that. Let's do it again. And then you know, yeah. let's do it again. And you just keep repeating it. Because if you survive for 60 seconds, you know you can do it. So you can do it again. Mm. I mean, I, I even use that when I'm running. Like, okay. I've run for 60 seconds then. Okay, you can do that for another 60 seconds now. You've done 60 yeah. seconds, you can do it again. And then before you know it, it's 10 minutes. Before you know it, it's an hour. And it's it's how you, you can use in all areas of your life, surviving for 60 seconds. Mm. And that's all you've got to do. So I've got to get for the next 60 seconds. That's, that's how <laughs> I deal with it. Yeah, no, I, I think that is a fantastic um sort of guide to to living actually yeah just get through the next 60 minutes 60 60 seconds you can use it in all situations Mm. it doesn't have to be running it doesn't have to be about grief it's like it can be if you have wake up and having a really low day it's like okay let's get out of bed and i'll survive 60 seconds of getting out yeah okay i'll go get washed I'll survive 60 seconds of getting washed, you know, and you can, you can put it into all aspects of everything that you're doing. I would use it for sitting in the dentist chair. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame you. I don't particularly like dentists anymore. Not very nice. <laughs> so yes, I'm going to, I'm going to remember that the next time I go. <laughs> just count to 60. That's all you have to do. It's not hard. Oh, thank you so much for, coming on and being a guest marie it's been um really lovely talking to you and and you've you've offered some real sort of gems of um of wise advice and and wisdom which i'm sure people will will listen and you know hopefully take on board and, and perhaps apply in their own lives to to help them get through sort of difficult and challenging situations so thank you so much Thank you. Lovely speaking to you, Rachel. Oh, thank you so much, Marie. That was really interesting about the power of exercise and being active, not only from a kind of pushing hard and being out in nature, but also taking the opportunity perhaps to be a bit stiller and a bit slower. I'd like to thank all those who support me in the production of this podcast, to Jamie Farrell for the beautiful music, And of course, you, the listener, thanks so much for tuning in. And if you have a lesson from loss that you'd like to share, please do get in touch. I'll be back soon with another lesson from loss.